Welcome back to the Vine Church Podcast. Today we continue our studies in 1 Thessalonians, Paul, the Gospel and the Church. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart. We'd love for you to join us over there. Good morning. Hi there. Good morning, everybody. Nice to uh, see you or not see you, as the case may be. Uh, as I sit in my lounge this morning, it's uh, pouring with rain outside uh, on a wintry January. Uh, but uh, it's great for us to just look at God's word together. And I'm really excited that we're going to spend some time just going through this beautiful letter of 1 Thessalonians. Um, so if you've got a Bible, please have 1 Thessalonians open to you. Uh, and I'm literally just going to read the first um, first verse of 1 Thessalonians. So it says, Paul, Silas and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. So what can we say about this letter? I'm going to give you a brief introduction. And um, there was an 18th century German theologian who described 1 Thessalonians as having a kind of unmingled sweetness. Uh, and I think that's a fair description of it. it. It has this beautiful sweetness to it. It's very unusual in um, Paul's uh, letters uh, for a number of reasons. I mean, one of them is that it's one of the very earliest letters that Paul wrote. It was written in AD 50 or AD 51. And uh, it, it was either the first or the second letter that Paul wrote that we have in our New Testaments. Galatians was possibly written earlier, maybe in AD 48. Um, but uh, 1 Thessalonians was very much either his first or, as I say, his second letter that we have from the Apostle Paul. And in this letter, we find a, a kind of authentic human Paul. And I mean, surely he's always authentic. He's always human. But a lot of the time when he's writing, he's he's wearing his apostolic badge and he's kind of, you know, like in Romans or Ephesians, he's setting out systematic theology. Whereas in 1 Thessalonians, sure, it's rich in theology. It's full of commands and uh, to obedience. But actually, it's very autobiographical. It is very full of Paul's heart. We we hear Paul's heartbeat in this letter. We see his tears in this letter. We find him as a pastor who cares deeply about a local congregation of people. We find him writing to them as a mother, as he says in 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 7. He's a mother to them. Uh, and uh, in verse 11 of chapter 2, he describes himself as a father to them. We find that he loves them deeply. That's evident as you read this letter. He gives himself for them uh, in anxious uh, uh, longing and work and, and so on. We find that he is anxiously concerned for them. Uh, he teaches and admonishes them. He begs them to stand firm in the gospel. He certainly prays for them constantly and urgently and personally as well. And so we find this beautiful sort of uh, glimpse into the hearts of the Apostle Paul. You know, there are some people who kind of say, well, I like Jesus, but I don't like Paul. 
Well, this certainly puts the light to that. I mean, I think I love Paul everywhere he writes, but actually you certainly could not fail but to be attracted, I think, to this man whose heartbeat is the gospel, but it is also the people to whom he is ministering the gospel. But it's not just about Paul, it's also about the local church. And we get a very compelling vision in this letter of what the local church should be like and how it should behave. Uh, And uh, so it is about the church as well, uh, as we shall see. It is also Uh, Ultimately, though, about the gospel. Ultimately, this letter is about how the gospel shapes the church. The church is born in the gospel and is shaped by the gospel. But then in turn, the church then spreads that very gospel which it has been shaped by in the first place. And so it's this beautiful kind of virtuous circle that the gospel shapes the church and then the church spreads the gospel. So what is this gospel and how did it come to the church in Thessalonica? And uh, we can read about this in Acts chapter 17. And for your homework, I'd like to encourage you to read Acts chapter 17. It won't take you long at all, five minutes, but it's a it's a great kind of introduction to uh, how the gospel first came to the Thessalonians. And I'm not going to go through today, uh, but I'm going to follow this up later this week how this happened in terms of the missionary journey. It was Paul's second missionary journey when he arrived in Thessalonica in the region of Macedonia. Uh, And Thessalonica was a a proud and large and metropolitan city. Uh, It it had a natural harbour, which made it uh, a very favourable position. Um, It also was positioned on the Via Ignatia, which was a route that ran from Rome to the east, to Turkey. And so it was a major trade route and Thessalonica was in a strategic position. And so therefore it were, it had favoured status with the Romans. It, it, had, um, it had its own officials. One of the interesting things about Thessalonica is this, that we read in Acts 17 that they talk about the polytarchs, the, the, govern, the, the, the city officials who are called polytarchs. And Actually, that word polytarchs is only used in Acts 17. It's not found anywhere in ancient literature. It isn't found in any of the writings outside of the Bible. And so the critics used to say, well, this just goes to prove that, you know, the Bible isn't accurate because polytarch is not a word. You know, I mean, it just it's in the Bible, but it's not anywhere else. And then in the 18th and 19th century, they found inscriptions in the city of Thessalonica with the word polytarch on it. And a number of inscriptions only in Thessalonica with that word polytarch, meaning city official. Uh, And so kind of, you know, archaeology is catching up with the Bible. Uh, So anyway, I'm not going to go through the detail at this point, but Paul basically arrives in Thessalonica with uh, Silas and with Timothy. The three of them arrive there and uh, Paul preaches the gospel to them. What is this gospel that he preaches? And we can find it in Acts 17. Essentially, he says to them, this is the Christ that you find in the Old Testament, the Christ who would be born, who would live, who would die, who would rise again. This is 
the Christ who you find in the Old Testament, who is predicted that he would die and rise again. And this is Jesus. Jesus, who was born, who lived, who uh, died, who suffered and died, who was raised from the dead. And so Paul says, if you put the two together, you have the Christ of the Old Testament and the person of Jesus in history. And they are one and the same thing. The Christ of of the scriptures is the Jesus of history. He this is the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. And you, by the way, crucified him. And so repent. Uh, and so the gospel comes to the people in Thessalonica and initially it's preached in the synagogue. Paul spends three Sundays, three Saturdays rather, in the synagogue, consecutively preaching in the synagogue. Uh, and then after three Saturdays, he's turfed out. But we have reason to believe that he stayed in Thessalonica for a few more weeks, not for long at all, uh, because there are idol worshippers who come to Christ as well. Uh, clearly, there's Gentiles in this church. So Paul has spent just a few weeks, maybe a couple of months in Thessalonica. And then he is hounded out of the city and he has to leave Thessalonica and he travels next to Berea and then after that he goes to um, to uh, Athens and then he goes to Corinth and so about 18 months later he is in Corinth and he's really concerned about the Thessalonians. Are they still standing in the gospel? He was only there for a really short time and they first faced significant persecution. Are they even a church? Do they even still exist? Are they still going strong with God? And what I love about this is I, I've mentioned that Paul is human. And I think that's what we see in this letter. And just quickly, as we finish, let's see that in 1 Thessalonians and uh, chapter 3 and uh, verse uh, 6, it tells us that uh, Paul, for this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter might have tempted you and our efforts may have been useless. What's interesting here is that the Apostle Paul, who often says, you know, cast your burdens on God. Don't be anxious about anything. And yet, Paul, sometimes that works, doesn't it? You cast your anxieties on God. Just you pray about it and it gets sorted. But sometimes that's not enough. Sometimes you actually need some uh, some human help. And Paul needs, he's worried about the people in Thessalonica. Uh, uh, did this gospel work for them? And so he sends Timothy and Timothy comes back. And so we're about 18 months later, maybe a year later. And Paul, uh, Timothy comes back and he says, he reports to Paul and he says, uh, Timothy has just come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and your love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers, in all our distress and persecutions, we are encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live since you are standing firm in the gospel. So what I love about this is that just after a few months of preaching, the gospel has so taken root in the hearts of these people that they have been radically transformed by the gospel. They are new people, new creations, and therefore they are still standing firm in the gospel. 
after a year, 18 months, without Paul there, they the church is going strong. The church is doing okay. God is still with them, even though Paul is not with them. And as we are separated from one another, yet we know that God is with us. God is with us as his church and he will sustain us just as he started us. He will continue his work in us. And so let's just pray together. And Lord, we thank you for this letter of Thessalonians. And we do pray that you'd help us to enjoy and to dig in and to receive from you as we read this letter. And we ask you, Lord, that you would help us to know, yes, we are human. We do need encouragement from one another sometimes, as well as directly from you. And uh, we pray that you would help us to be an encouragement to one another. But we thank you ultimately that the gospel is the encouragement that we will stand firm in you because it is you that has done this great work in us. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.